This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm excellent, Josh. Thanks for asking. As always, your polite uh, greetings do fill me with such glad tidings. Um, <laughs> I should for, call you Mr. Brandon when I start these podcasts. Yeah, I would prefer that. <laughs> be really polite. It'd, it'd be like, uh, like what, the kid, what the kid down on the, the end of the neighborhood block calls me. Hey, Mr. Brandon, how you doing? <laughs> Does the kid at the end of your block actually know your name? No, there are no kids at the end of my block. Or just all adults hanging out, doing adult things. Uh, I I was going to say, though, um, I was excited in the anticipation of recording this podcast after after Game Week 3. I got in my mind, maybe we could do an episode of the podcast where we don't endlessly talk about Sergio Aguero and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But I'm a realist, Josh. And I believe that we will find a way to talk about them endlessly, regardless, right? It's true. One one kind of half-assed elbow, and suddenly here we are. <laughs> yeah. We received we received about 60 questions this week for this episode of the podcast, like literally 60 questions. And I think probably 25 to 30 of them used the name Aguero at some point. I think we're going to have to do the rule that we did last season, which was we came up with another name for Aguero because it was, it yeah. was so – we just got so sick of saying his name on the podcast. Uh, yeah, so we called him Slash. We called him Slash, but I think I want a new. I think I think we could do better. I think we could be a little funnier. So, well, uh, I think we, a little, we, a little we, more we, appropriate. We had tossed around the idea uh, last year of calling Aguero Brock Tune after our, one of our <laughs> favorite Saturday Night Live sketches about a yeah. Mr. Belvedere fan club. <laughs> I would be okay with Brock Tune, actually. Okay. Okay. So so for all you cheaters out there, hence. Henceforth, heretofore, Sergio Aguero will be known as Kuhn Brock Tune. Hey, he even rhymes. Now, That's pretty cool. 
Oh, how to use the cough button there. <laughs> yeah, we've done almost 50 episodes, Brandon, and that was one of the very first times I've actually had to use the cough button on the podcast. <laughs> I, I feel like a, real, like a real broadcaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Brock Toon, uh, so we will have to probably link to something on, on Twitter and on Facebook because no one under 30 will have absolutely any idea what Brock Toon means or, or what it is. <laughs> no, and frankly, exactly. almost no one over 30 will know it either. So No, uh, no you, anyone, you have to have yeah. been a, a young American uh, you know, living in suburbia in the 80s, right? Exactly. Really and up at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. To, to really <laughs> even, though Mis- even though Mr. Belvedere is a British butler who I think that as the, as the sitcom story went, the Queen exiled him to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So is that there right? Is a, yeah, there is a British connection. It was... I think, or he was fleeing the queen or something like that. And then Wesley, the little boy he was looking after, was always threatening to deport Mr. Belvedere or report him to immigration. It's it's actually now in in this day and age rather topical, I have to say. I don't mind going all the way down this road, Brandon, because this is obviously all going to have to get cut. So we can just keep talking about it. Yeah, let us remind the (laughs) listeners, this is a fantasy (laughs) Premier League podcast, as you rightly said at the top of the episode. So... Should we just should we reel it back and talk about how we did in game week three just to just to center ourselves again? Let's do it. You know, so you you and I actually watched for the first time this year. We watched matches together, which we like to do at least every two or three weeks. I mean, we'll see how it goes when, uh, you know, when I I, my wife is expecting, as we said before in the podcast. So it's going to be an interesting experiment. Just how much football I can watch right now. Because right now I basically watch all of the football. I watch all of it, everything that's on. I can't, I, I, I like. There's. I watched Middlesbrough West Brom. Uh, maybe the worst game will be played all season. It was. It was pretty dire for sure. Well, we we went to the Black Horse Pub, which is in your neighborhood in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and in walks this Irish guy named William with his nine month old baby, and you couldn't help but to ceaselessly engage this man William in questions about <laughs> is your wife okay with your you bringing the baby to the bar? You asked the bartender is it okay if i bring the baby in to watch the football how old does the baby have to be so i feel like you left with a pretty good feeling about what your life as a football fan will be like i don't know how many people on the podcast or people who are listening to the podcast have kids uh i i don't know i i i can't even guess what the number would be let's say like 25 percent or something like that but i in my experience in the lead up to this I am very focused on how my current – I'm less focused on how everything is going to change, and I'm more focused on how I'm going to be able to fit my current life into my future life. Absolutely. And so I, like, I try to plan out how many hours – I, I, clearly everything's going to get completely upended here. But it's like it's like my little like safety valve is to be like, well, I guess if I – you know, on October 18th, there'll be, there'll be, there's a pretty good 1230 match there. So if I, yeah. if I do some stuff around the house in the morning, I can watch that match and it's all <laughs> – it's a complete mess. It's not going to work. So it was it was an interesting Saturday to watch games out because frankly not a lot happened apart from a handful of clean sheets and a hazard goal. Well, I guess that's us speaking from the point of view of not having any arsenal assets. But how do you how did you rate us watching at the Black Horse? Did you have fun? Well, I, I don't think it, we had it, what, fun. I don't know if you and I ever have fun when we watch sports together. No, I mean we usually like, half, we're half like the stat, time one of like us Statler, walks out. 
<laughs> we're like Statler and Walter from uh, Muppets, uh, from the Muppet Show. We just basically sit there and kind of mutter silently to each other. There's no celebrations ever. There's no. I actually did. I think I did a little quick two-handed celebration when Jamie Vardy scored. But in general, not a lot of celebrate. We kind of mutter the whole time. Uh, we say mean things about the players. I actually did kind of enjoy. So we ended up both watching uh, Liverpool and Tottenham, which turned into a pure watch for you about 15 minutes in after. Yeah. Um, Kyle, Kyle oh, Walker had a oh. little case of the bubble guts or something. I don't know where he, where he got vertigo. Uh, I, I'm not sure what happened to him, but he, he just fell yeah. down and he had to be taken off. <laughs> I, I, I love these injuries where it's just this vague, quote, illness. Um, I actually it, heard it, it what... It leaves me to wonder. Well, I, I actually, I did read about it, and uh, it turns out it was heartbreak. Isn't heartbreak. that sad? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was, he was so heartbroken that he actually fell to the ground on the pitch and had to be carried off. Was it something to do with a with a faraway pen pal that he had lost touch with recently, or heard that they, or was his, it a high school crush that had just gotten his, married? Had to put down his dog, actually. So it was well, the deepest now, break. now for people who know a lot about the legend of Kyle Walker, that will mean a lot to you, and I won't. I don't think we should dare go into it any further, but. I do like that poll, Josh. That was very good. Kyle Walker putting down his dog, grief-stricken as he was. Well, he'll have to have a peanut butter sandwich to uh, to uh, remember his dog by. That's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's let's get, let's get right into it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta refocus. We gotta recenter, Brandon. We're having too uh, much fun this episode. You yeah. can tell uh, international break is imminent because we're not taking this seriously at all. <laughs> no, actually, you should see our like seven pages worth of show notes. We're taking this way too seriously. I think I'm punchy from the six hours I spent putting together this running order. Okay, uh, I have I have one thought. I have one last thing to say about watching uh, all the match Saturday matches at Black Horse with you, Josh. You committed what. I don't even know that it's a written or unwritten rule because nobody ever dared to try and break this rule. So I feel like this is a phenomenon that is generally global, but the buyback from a bartender, so say you've, you've bought three or four rounds from a, buy, bar, from a bartender, the bartender then says, hey, this round's on me. Thanks a lot. So we're sitting there. I think we're going to get into our third or fourth drink, and Josh leans in and says to the bartender, like, hey, come, come close. Come close. So, do you think we've got a buyback coming? <laughs> yeah. Now, she was pretty scandalized by this. She was pretty shocked. I, I felt bad. Now, to be fair, I had been drinking pretty heavily for about six hours at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you know, you, you got it. You, yeah. you got off the uh, off on the right foot, starting with like a seven percent APV IPA <laughs> at like yeah. eight in the morning. A little bell's two-hearted. Yeah, it was a little too strong. I had three of those in very quick succession. Uh, I think I was too. I was so stressed. You know, I, I'm so. It's it's such a weird thing watching these matches. Um, I, I don't know if it's well, the, it, I don't know if we were always like this or the podcast took it to another level. But I am just watching these matches with just like I'm like like gripping the gripping the chair the whole time. You know, our listeners will agree the stress is also taken to another level. This was our first block, I think, of six simultaneous games happening on a Saturday. And they all, all more or less, you had a fantasy asset in play. So those, that is just like such a heightened level of stimulation that, yeah, there is going to be some collateral damage and the bartender is likely to, to get hit. 
It was I mean, more. didn't you had to love the beauty of us spending like 35 minutes on Everton's midfield in last week's episode of the podcast, <laughs> only for that match to be a one nothing game won by a, a goalkeeper own goal on a Leighton Baines penalty kick that he missed that that went in off um, off of um, the keeper's Shea back. Shea, yeah, Shea, 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 Shea Kiffin. Oh, Shea it's Given amazing was... that Given's in the league. It's stunning to me. He's got to be like 52 years old at this point. He's getting into Brad Friedel levels. But yeah, Even as a backup, it's crazy. But just despite that OG, Shea Given was loving it because apart from that, every shot that came at him, whether it was from Barkley or Balassi or Morales, was shot directly down the middle of the goal <laughs> at him. All he had to do was pick, yeah. his hands, pick his stone hands up and catch the ball. Velocity had a little chance near the end. I so I, I made two moves this week. I I, I dropped uh, I dropped Firmino and Alley, which basically rendered the morning's match totally mute. Other than like you not wanting the players that you dropped to do well, you know that that classic feeling of just like Schadenfreude. Yeah. You know, like I just uh, want everyone who didn't make the moves I did to suffer this week. We talked endlessly about how contented we were with giving up that Firmino assist. We're like, fine, no problem, we can live with it. That was fine. Yeah, so I, I turned uh, Firmino and Alley into um, into Eden Hazard. I was convinced that Hazard was going to go off this week, and he he did eleven. He really actually should have had at least two goals uh, in that match, if not three, really. Um, and uh, I brought in him, and uh, I brought in uh, Yannick Bellasi. So yeah, Bellasi disappointed, but I did pick up three points at the clean sheet bonus. So I, I turned. You know, did Alley pick up only one point in the end? I think that he might have had he a did. yellow card. Yes, he but, got a yellow card. Yep. Right. So it, you know, it turned six points into 13 points, which I was happy with. And I, the only kind of regret that I have is I think I should have, I think because we talked about Everton so much in the podcast, I kind of, I got a little in my own head about bringing in Belasi and, um, I, I don't want to be too like retroactive here. I mean, you know, Belasi could, he actually looked pretty good in the match, I think. And I was, it was happy interesting to see him as well. Toward, toward the end of the match, I think it was, uh, shortly after Berkeley came back, they started playing Belasi through the middle of the pitch which he looked even more threatening. I mean, he uh, is basically built to play on the wings, but you have to be encouraged as a Balassi owner to see Kuman uh, experimenting with Balassi, wanting to really work him into that offense. Yeah, and I just, I, I do, it's, it feels like that Everton team is kind of where it was a week ago, which is just, it's, it's a work in progress. It's not clear uh, who you want, although I have to say, I think it might just be down to Balassi and uh Belasi and Barkley, in my opinion, I'm not sure that um, I don't feel great about Morales, and obviously Delafeu is uh, is pretty much off the table at this point. Yeah, Morales was relatively absent, apart from one or two half chances earlier in the match, and yeah, not not as expected. Uh, Lukaku was just shocking how invisible he was in this game. Really, it's remarkable, and and it was. I mean, we, yeah. we, we talked we talked a lot about Troll Kaku last week, and we did get some feedback online of of people saying, you know, you shouldn't sleep on Lukaku. Great striker, great runner fixtures. Don't you want to consider him? And and I guess we rest. We don't rest our case. Obviously, uh, game week four could change everything, but we still hasn't shown us anything. Yeah, I, I don't want to say I rest my case. I don't want to be like one of those people on Twitter that throws out like 30 predictions like right before the matches start. And they're like, prediction, uh, Ibra will not score. And then like 30 minutes later, they retweet, or you know, two hours later, they retweet themselves. And they're like, I rest my case. <laughs> and if you go back, there's like 18 other predictions they made that didn't go through. And, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. We, we were right in the like, yeah. What, what's Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
How did you finish this week, Brandon? How many points did you end up on? I finished with a very average 43 points, one above the uh, game average, which game week rank uh, a little over 1.5 million. Not super thrilled with it. Um, I mean, there were some bright spots. I mean, Ashley Williams, I I was really bummed. So Ashley Williams missed a goal-scoring opportunity. There was a not terribly close goal line clearance with him. And then, of course, he was robbed of the assist because Baines technically missed the penalty. But uh, I had dropped. He did miss the penalty. He did miss the penalty. Yes, he did. Yes, that's what I said. Right. Well, you kind of put technically like in quotations. I mean, <laughs> if he hits that, if it's a better penalty strike, then you get the assist there. All right. Jeez, you're like the uh, the rhetoric police over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's that goals committee? The uh, the dubious oh, goals the dubi- committee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Will- Williams has been interesting for me because I knee jerked Wes Morgan out of my team in favor of Williams. And Williams only got one point last week. And then Wes Morgan got a clean sheet. Then he follows it up with a goal this week. Had Williams not got just a clean sheet, um, I, w- I would have really been kicking myself. Anyway, Williams looked good, particularly on the attacking end. Happy with that. Uh, doubled up on Man U at De Gea and Shaw. Everyone's loving that defense right now. And Hazard was the only person in my squad to score a goal. I think a lot of people were stuck in that boat. Captain Ibrahimovic, like you, and and Sunday we were just on Aguero watch all day, just hoping to yeah. lose a million spots in rank if Aguero went off and scored five goals. I, I made what I think was the right decision mentally, which is I actually went to the Red Hook pool with my wife, and uh, we swam while that match was going on. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm so relieved that I missed the whole thing because I, I just didn't want to – I didn't want to track it. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to sweat it out. I mean, he was he was captained by, like, you know, literally over a million managers. I mean, yeah. if he had gone off or – Goal, two goals, three. God forbid, one of his like four goal or five goal sturges. Uh, the whole podcast would just be you and I lamenting how like what 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 poor what poor decisions we made yeah. uh, to Captain Ebra instead. Yeah, I, I I feel like ultimately this was an average week, and there was a week. Uh, it was a week of of what ifs. Barkley had a yeah. couple of great chances. I, I still feel good about having brought Barkley in for Firmino and. Um, Let's see who uh, I yeah I just made one transfer this week and it was Barkley to Firmino and he's still playing up the middle he's the he's the spark of that offense and with the fixtures I'm still feeling good that he'll come in Walker goes off with one point if if it's just heartbreak Josh I'm sure he'll be back in game week four so I'm not worried about that <laughs> but if Williams uh, if Williams gets a goal or an assist then I jump past you and I win our head to head so it was a bit of it a was problem. very. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty tight. I mean, I, I felt a little. Uh, I, I didn't have a great week either. I mean, I finished on forty six, so I had a couple more points than you. Uh, you know, John Stones uh, goes off, and I mean, what a, what a complete blunder that was. I mean, I remember very like, vehemently arguing on Twitter uh, after he signed, "Do not bring Stones into Man City." Uh, you know, it's just it's it's a very unstable defense right now i just i don't i don't see them keeping any clean sheets and then friday night before the season starts there's john stones that played him every single week and every single week it's worked out poorly so far uh so he's definitely like the first player out if i wild card and uh he might actually go out this week anyway i'm thinking about dropping him for uh 
Uh, John Terry. I'm thinking about a Stones to Terry defensive move, but that's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. What uh, what what's the logic there? You just see a clean sheets coming for Chelsea. Well, I, I do see the clean sheets coming for Chelsea. I like their upcoming run of fixtures. Um, they're let's see here, just to just to pull them up real quick here. So Terry's played every match so far. He's the cheapest defender on that team at five point five million, and um, I thought he looked pretty dangerous in that match. Actually, he had a scoring opportunity, um, and yeah, just upcoming fixtures. So, well, actually, see, I would I, if I had 5. now that I'm looking, 5, I'm seeing if, yeah. Now that I'm seeing, I, that I, would, I would go for Arsenal. Arsenal man, you know, yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, it'd be fun to bring in someone like Mustafi, but I, I think he's going to come in at like six million or six point five million. I think he's going to be he's going to be up in that Toby Alderweireld price range. Yeah. So so we'll see. I mean, I, I'm still I'm really up in the air about my about my decisions. I mean, I guess the question is, uh, this is someone that a question that someone asked on, on Twitter. Um, Adam Jacques, he said, uh, has this game week changed your wild card plans? Are you thinking about wild carding? Is that on your is that is that something you're considering this week? Is it something you you will consider? Okay. Yeah, uh, I have I have already started experimenting with what I would do if I were to wild card. Uh, but I'm but I'm not there yet. I'm really not. Okay. So you you I, have I'll, doubts. It's like it's I, like uh yeah, it's like the end of um, serial season one. Yeah, yeah. You I think, have my. You think you think you, it, everything points in one direction, but you still harbor doubts. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, my opinion uh, during that first season of Serial kind of wildly shifted right toward the end, too. So, <laughs> well, we'll have to check back on how I'm feeling about this wild card when we podcast next week. So you don't think... Okay, so we're, we're going to get into this in a minute, because we're basically only going to talk about two two sort of big big topics in this episode. Um, we're going to start with Little Man City chat, but then we're going to uh, talk about wild carding, um, whether it's whether it's a good decision to do it, whether it's a bad decision to do it, um, you know, who you might want to target either with a wild card or just someone you might want to bring in long term uh, because of the uh, the value that they're offering. Um, so I, I will say that I'm not planning to wild card right now, and if I if I were going to wild card, I probably already would have hit the button because I am definitely I, I definitely think that if you're going to wild like if you are on if you listen to this podcast and you're ninety percent sure eighty percent sure you're going to wild card. Hit that wildcard button right now because you got to get ahead of all the price changes. It can make a huge difference. I mean, even even a couple of days uh, can totally change who you can buy. And suddenly, especially in a you know between game week three and game week four, you're going to see a lot of people wildcarding. So prices are going to be all over the place. Uh, and even though it's only going to be able to rise 0.3 in between the game weeks, you know 0.2 here, 0.2 there, 0.1 there. Um, suddenly, it's you know it's, it's 0.5 million worth of team value that you're not going to have later on to invest in a you know, a top midfielder or whatever. And, and you know, team value is so important this season when you already have 23.5 or 20, what is it? 24.5 and counting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Ibrahimovic and Aguero. If you look at guys like Barkley and Negredo, two prospects that would likely get into a lot of people's wildcard teams, they're already up. I mean, from their original values, that's a combined, almost a combined 0.5, which is the difference between you getting, uh, 4.0 or a 4.5 sub substitute goalkeeper. So you're right. You cannot discount that. Yeah. Uh, okay, Brandon, let's, let's get into some of these topics, but first I forgot we have t- this, the, the meltdown of the week. This comes from Dave Baker and uh, I'm hoping this becomes a recurring segment. So if you have a meltdown before the next week, even, even a wild card related meltdown they have over the next week or so, uh, send it to us because I'm happy to post in the podcast. Uh, Dave Baker says, 
I wildcarded after week two and fell for the Everton hype by doubling up with Barkley and Morales in midfield. I feel like I made this mistake. I make this sort of mistake every season. Now I have no way of getting one of the big hitters in like Sanchez or Sterling. Should I delete my team? <laughs> that That is okay. So that sounds very much like something Ian Waters would do on the Great British Bake Off when he throws <laughs> his baked Alaska straight in the bin. Don't do it. Don't put the baked Alaska in the, so in the, in Dave, the bin. Davis, I want to start a new hashtag. Uh, maybe this could be. Um, we could change the name of this section from Meltdown of the Week to hashtag in the bin. Or just you the just, baked Alaskas. Just, you just want to throw your team in the bin. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel Dave's pain. I mean, that releasing the wild card and then you're basically stuck with what you have until um, the winter. It's, it's, a, it's a lonely feeling. But hey, worst case scenario, just take a 16-point hit. Uh, that's that's an easy enough way to start from scratch. It's interesting you say 16-point hit, Brandon, because Morgan Evans uh, on Twitter said, how many transfers would you say weren't the use of the wild card? What is the max point hit you would take before using the wild card? Well, it's a good uh, question. Once so, you get up to 12, that minus 8, don't worry about it. Don't wild card. Minus 12, I, don't know. I think minus, minus 12 eight, is my is my tipping point. I I've I've taken a minus eight like once ever, and I I feel like it didn't really pay off. I, maybe I'm just too. It's hard for me to take more than than minus four at any given. I feel like you should never have to take minus four if you're planning well enough. I mean, so it's rare that your team gets so decimated by injuries. And I think if that really happens, if you're taking four or five players out. Uh, I think I would just go ahead and wildcard if if you still have it, you know? You don't want to end up in Dave Baker's spot, though, where you wildcard too soon, you're not ready for it, or there are too many changes in the works. If instead, How many of, of us are Dave Baker, though? How many of us live the way he lives? We are all Dave Baker. You don't realize <laughs> that question. I'm Dave Baker. <laughs> it's like the end of Spartacus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But okay, uh, here here's the caveat. Like, if you are focused um, on head-to-head competitions, minus eight and beyond, that's that's basically forfeiting your matchup for the week. That's a tough pill to swallow. But if you're playing the long game, we're if you're in the early. AC Showstoppers League. That's that's a tough hit. Yeah, that's a that's just a no can do. <laughs> but at this point, going into game week four, if you're playing the long game, if you're going classic total points. You can you can stomach a negative eight hit. Okay, sure. I w- agree to disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So Dave, Dave's team, Josh, your team, my team—they matter little in comparison to the greatest league of all, the Hail Cheaters Super League. And uh, it's time to give due to the top ten of the Hail Cheaters Super League and how they did in game week three. You want to take us through the top ten, Josh? I will do it, and I'll see if I can do this in a, in a way that, that that's that's not boring for people. That that's interesting and highlights. You know, one thing I want to note before the before the uh, when we get into it, Brandon, is that we had last week we had two. So we have uh, I think we're we're now right around I think we're between somewhere between nine fifty and a thousand managers in the league. So we're getting very close to the thousand mark. And uh, of those nine hundred and fifty, the top two last week were both women. Uh, Pat Duzinski, who was, was also known as Patricia Duzinski, or maybe she's never known as that, but that is technically her name, I think, because uh, she posted on her uh, Facebook feed that way. Uh, and Gloria Prieto were in first and second place last week, and I just thought that was very cool because um, I sometimes sports and fantasy sports in particular can be ex- 
extremely male dominated. So that was very cool to have a couple of um, uh, women who were in the league and doing well and some kind of rooting for both of them all year. So, um, so as we I go totally through the list, agree, man. yeah, yeah. So uh, in first place this week, though, uh, we got a new guy in first and uh, maybe it's a woman. I don't know. Kenneth is, is that gender neutral? Kenneth? It could be. It, it uh, isn't where I come from, Josh, but you know, <laughs> That's true. We come from different parts of the country, though. You're from central Michigan. I'm from western Michigan. Very different territories. Different it's more Dutch where I am. Uh, okay, anyway. Uh, I thought Downing we were going to make boys. this interesting, Josh. <laughs> uh, in first place is Downing Young Boys, uh, which sounds disgusting to me. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, don't, don't do that to the Young Boys. No, those are just Stuart, Stuart Downing's children, the young boys. <laughs> Downing's young boys. Uh, Kenneth Fletcher is in first place. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Oscar winner Pat Ditsinski is in second place. Uh, football friend James Nonin is in third place. Uh, fourth is Akuna Wanmata. That's a very good team name. Love it. Uh, love it. Eddie Perello in fourth. Uh, fifth place is Vicious FC. That's Andy Grunlald. Grunlald. Uh, the Hat Wobblers, Dutch Powers, uh, are in fifth. Actually, they're tied for fifth, but Dutch Powers uh, had the lower score week, and so he's at the bottom of the list. He's got the red arrow. Sorry, um, Dutch. Peter, check yourself. Ike Irving is in uh, seventh. Uh, Macaulay, maybe. Vincent P. in eighth. And then uh, Nick Forster's Lads on Torre is also in eighth. And finally, in tenth place, we've got Uncle Pog's Dobbin by... Uh, by created by created by <laughs> uh, trademark <laughs> Jacob Davis uh and Gloria Prieto is uh, still hanging around the top 15 she's in 13th place right now everything is so close uh particularly in the top 50 that yeah yeah future 13th it's no problem Gloria could be number 1 in game week 4 for it's all very it's all very tight this year we have not seen any you know, yeah. all of the differentials have either delivered the same week or not delivered. I shouldn't say differentials, all the um, the top captain choices and stuff like that. They've all um, – I feel like we've had big weeks or small weeks, and we've kind of done them in bunches. Yeah. I was poking around the top 50-ish of the Hail Cheaters Super League, and there was a template that did well in game week three almost uniformly that just jumped out. And you saw these six players across so many teams – Sterling, Hazard, Lamella, Morgan, Valencia, and Foster. So uh, just amongst the top 50 Hail Cheaters managers, that seems to be a very popular lineup, and it definitely earned out in Game Week 30. But, Josh, I would like to draw your attention to 202nd place in the Hail Cheaters Super League, a young manager named Luke Davis, team name Home Alone 2. And as far as I could tell, I only got to like team the team in 550th place. Uh, uh-huh. But L- Luke Davis came in with 77 points. And like he and a, a handful of other on, um, ingenious managers, he captained Hazard. And he also had Sanchez, Shaw, Williams, McCauley, Baye, Foster. And he also has Ibra, Kuhn, and Gray up front, producing nothing. But still, Luke Davis, we have to doff our cap to you. 77 points. Well played, sir. Well played, Luke. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Aguero, Man City, the Man City question, the Man City problem. What do we do about it? Here we go. I'll be here waiting when we get back. Same old podcast, always shame. Okay, Brandon, so you were watching the Man City match on Sunday. As I mentioned before, I was enjoying my family and uh, <laughs> your the sunshine. <laughs> You're just just floating on your back with some uh, some uh, flotation devices on your yeah. arms? 
while you were watching soccer matches like a fiend, I was enjoying quality time with my with my bride. Uh, you should have so seen the, the 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 crumbs on my shirt as I sat <laughs> like a slob on the couch. Donuts. Alone. Just you're actually using a donut as a fork to put more donut in your mouth. It was disgusting. Ah, I, I would, actually, I was using the donut as a spoon. If you if you want to get specific, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you you watch this match. Tell me, what are your yeah. thoughts? My thoughts were uh, like everybody who I mean, like the five people out there that didn't captain Aguero. Absolute terror coming into this match, and right out of the gate. Man City uh, looked like they were going to dominate West Ham for 90 minutes. So right there, you're thinking damage control. Maybe Aguero will just get one. Okay, he'll get a brace. We'll learn to deal with it and we'll move on. (laughs) But as the game went on, Aguero was not influencing the game um, by any... I mean, he was by some measure, but by Aguero measure... I'm sorry, by Brocktoon measures, he was not (laughs) influencing the game. And it was... it was. It did speak to the that newfound depth, or um, it's not depth, but newfound sort of uh, quality. Quality <laughs> that that Pep has brought <laughs> to that squad, where guys like Nolito and Sterling and De Bruyne and Silva were just running the show, and Aguero was was not even needed. Sterling looked amazing in this game. I have to say, I, I guess I'd oversell it a little bit. But he he was the pick of the midfield bunch. And it's so I, I interesting. think a lot of people are asking about Sterling now because of that. I think yeah, it's 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 so interesting with with Sterling and uh and um Lamella, it's such an interesting season for these players who've always kind of been the the whipping boys of the Premier League. You know, these yeah. sort, of, sort of talented, very expensive players who haven't really been able to to put all together. And you know, Sterling at times, I mean, you know, Sterling was, was sort of in some ways he was um he was hampered by the huge contract that, he, as has happened so often in American sports too, he was sort of hampered by the size of the contract he received to go to Man City. I mean, you know, when he was at Liverpool, he was. I mean, you know, as you and I have been playing this game long enough that we just remember Sterling when he was a four point five million option on Liverpool. You know, he was a guy yeah. you'd bring in as your fourth or fifth midfielder the first couple of years, and I think he was up to seven point five one year. And you know, it wasn't even until he joined Man City last year that he got up to nine. You know, and. Um, and then got knocked back down to eight this year. And so, you know, he's always had a lot of promise. It's not like this guy is 26 and has eight years of not being able to put it together. He's, what is he, 22 right now maybe or something yeah, like that? He's and still, still super raw. I mean, not super, he's, yeah. he's, yeah, he's still raw. I mean, there are, there are these anecdotes making the rounds on the various punditry podcasts this week about Sterling at Liverpool would speak highly of Brendan Rodgers and his man management and him taking him under his wing and then Sterling gets to Man City, and his complaint was that Pellegrini simply left him to his own devices. Yeah, it was so the third year, third year of the Pellegrini era when he joined. You know, I think that pretty old prob- team. Presumably, Artie Newey was on his way out. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I, I think that, it, and well, he, he was probably fighting for his job. You know, at least the first half of that year, right? Uh, until yeah. until they announced the the Pep thing. So. Yeah, I think that yeah, he didn't really have a chance to develop, and so I think that maybe we have to throw last year out of the. If you can throw last year out of the book, like last year didn't happen at all, and you just see him as the player who joined from Liverpool, it's all of a sudden he's a pretty exciting option because at yeah. nine million last year he was a pretty exciting option. Yeah, uh, it didn't really happen for him, but a lot of us, I, I might have had Sterling on my team in the first week last year. I can't yeah. remember. Um, play, so, there was yeah. a play at the end of the game which encapsulated it for me where it was the second goal that Sterling scored and he did well to get the ball um, 
to he was right in front of the goal. Adrian came off of his line for some um, strange reason. Adrian is kind of insane anyway. But Sterling got himself past Adrian into this position where any player typically would try to lay the ball off to a teammate. But he had the presence of mind to just see this the width of a ball between the defender and the near post, and he just slipped it in, cool as you like. And it was that sort yeah. of decision-making that is a huge difference between Sterling this season and Sterling of old. So I, I think that that makes me feel very confident that he's going to continue this form. Yes, we, we, he, yeah, it's, he's always had a problem finishing, but you see in moments, I mean, the, do you remember last year when he had like the world's quietest hat trick? It was this match where um, I think Wilford Boney uh, had a had a brace and two assists or something like that, and Raheem Sterling had a hat trick and didn't even get three bonus points. It was such a, it was a very weird match. Um, I think it was actually when Aguero was injured the first third of last season. Um, but you know, so he can he can get it done. I mean, he's so fast that he he should be in positions to finish sometimes. And right, um, yeah. So I think he's really he's really worth looking at. And I think that um, we're going to get into this in a minute when we talk about wild carding because we tried to, we tried to group uh, we we came up with sort of a top five list of our top five. We ranked them are the five midfielders we buy if we were wild carding this week. And uh, to both of our surprise, he's actually pretty high in that list. Yeah, um, right. Which isn't something I would have said even a week ago. And so I don't I don't want to just I I don't think that we're chasing last year's like or last week's points though. You know mm-hmm. I don't think that we're I think that we're going to keep seeing more of this from from Sterling, which is still kind of I'm still not sure I actually rate him more highly than Nolito, but I think he's a very interesting option. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to say about watching the City match, and Jeff Petter, we have a question from him. He kind of touches upon it. He says, Sterling or Nolito, who looks better? Also, are we ignoring KDB Silva too much? And one of the things that really stood out uh, was Kevin De Bruyne in this match, and not necessarily in a good way. He had some amazing deliveries on set pieces, but if you remember last year, KDB was... Uh, very marauding and he was bringing the ball into the penalty area and getting lots of shots off and KDB's his job now seems to be just providing service more of an Ozil type of a role and that does worry me a little bit about De Bruyne Um, I mean obviously I don't even think we should be considering him given his 10.5 price tag and all these other options but that did stick out to me watching this game yeah, the price is the price is definitely a consideration with both KDB and with with Mesut Ozil, who we're also going to talk about. And you know, the, the, what makes the midfielders the, these two midfielders, Nolito and Sterling, so interesting is that they're eight million. So you know, you save one point five million uh, from Sterling versus Ozil. Now, if money is not a problem, I'm happy to have Mesut Ozil because I'm probably going to have twenty four point five tied up most of the season in Aguero and Ibra. Maybe I want that eight million option instead because that one point five million is the difference between having, you know, Jordi Amat as my you know third third defender. Yeah. I mean, Ted, Nolito is nine point oh. He's not eight point oh. So there, oh, excuse me, right, right. But but Sterling is eight point. Well, maybe he's up to eight point. Is he up to eight point two now? He's, he's gonna be. He's still eight point one. But he's after once we get into game week four, Sterling's probably gonna be up to eight point three. I would mm-hmm. assume, or depending on how many, how many people trigger their wild card, he could be up to eight point four. Yeah. All right. So we're burying the lead here a little bit. So uh, tell me about the Aguero elbow. So they didn't. You, you didn't see it during, in real time because it happened off the ball. Uh, and the coverage here that I was watching in the states, 
they dwelled on the replay, you know, they probably showed it uh, three or four times, which is minimal by television standards. By breathless TV standards, yeah. Yeah. But the immediate conclusion was, oh, red card offense. If the ref had seen that, he easily would have been sent off. And my read of the replay was there was intent in him throwing the elbow. Yeah, Winston Reed was grappling with him. But you don't generally see Aguero do that. You don't see him lash out very much. And my read was... He doesn't like Kiwis. The fruit or the uh, the player. Yeah, or, the, or the nationality. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Nick Cummings on uh, Transfer Hub today, he was he was pretty adamant that there wasn't any contact. Uh, so I maybe I haven't seen the right angle of the replay. Well, I don't think I don't think contact matters. I mean, the uh, the yeah. the issue is whether, uh, you know, whether he he intended to elbow him. Um, and I, I, okay. So, you know, obviously by the time this podcast goes up, uh, tomorrow or tonight or whatever, um, this, you know, the, this discussion, I, I don't want to go too down this road about what's going to happen because it's going to be moot by the time the podcast is actually out there. But in most cases like this, especially when everyone kind of thinks he's going to get charged, he's probably going to get charged. So let's, let's assume that he does get charged in this case. Um, if he doesn't, then I, I would actually, I, I, I want to go along with that logic, but I want to also register my statement is I would be shocked if he got charged. Really? Okay. Cause that, that yeah. does fly in the face of what other people are writing and saying. Yeah, I would be shocked. But, Okay, fair enough. So let's let's just say he does. Let's just spend a couple minutes on it, and then we'll let's take this as like a trial run because because okay. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's also not playing in the internationals because of an injury. So it may it oh, may be that he's not playing anyway. It's it's a classic international break injury though. Like he, there was nothing wrong with him when he comes off the pitch. Oh, uh, we ca- we can't risk Aguero flying all the way to South America. Oh, he's he. What has he had Got recently? A heel Ca- yeah. Calf complaint. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, exactly. this, this is a totally specious claim. There's no way he's got a problem. <laughs> okay, well, uh, be that as it may, uh, it's Sergio Aguero. It's I'm a, I'm I, I certainly, I, I certainly believe right any. Now. Yeah, I certainly believe any any time he has an injury, and we've also we've all, we've all seen his calf complaints turn into six week, you know, six weeks out. So who knows? Uh, if this were Arsenal, he wouldn't play again this year. So it's no, really it's, 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 it's totally the standard a smoke and mirrors international break. We don't want him to travel. Okay, so let's say let's say he just gets suspended for three matches. Uh, do you keep him on your team or do you drop him? Oh, see, this was my life last year. Uh, of course, you remember when I brought in Aguero after he returned from injury, and then he immediately went back out on injury. Mm-hmm. So I had Aguero on my bench for was was it three or four weeks, and I managed to survive unscathed just because I had a pretty a pretty instinct midfield at that point, but my team is pretty garbage without Aguero right now. <laughs> That's I, really the I, problem. Yeah, it really is the problem. Um, I I think I would drop him if he was out for three games because, particularly looking at that Arsenal uh, result, there are there are a lot of expensive players that I want to uh, give runouts in my in my squad and right. drop. Any reason to drop Aguero is going to help me do that. I I, I agree. Um, his price just isn't. I mean, the problem is that you know. Yeah, I, I I think that I agree. I think that I would drop him, and I would probably bring in. Uh, I might burn four in that case, and I would probably bring in 
someone like Diego Costa, who's away to Swansea in game week four. And uh, I would bring in one of the Man City midfielders. And that would be my move. Um, and that would that would definitely strengthen my team. I mean, it's basically the kind of move you can make when you don't have Aguero and Ibrahimovic taking up, you know, so much money. I mean, right now it's hard to have. I mean, we both have Eden Hazard too, right? I mean, it's yeah, thirty, you know, thirty-five. I mean, you're, you're basically you've got sixty-five million to spend on, you know, twelve players. I mean, it's yeah. impossible to really do. It really is insane. I mean, I, City and Chelsea, okay, but Arsenal, their run up through game week ten, Southampton, Hull, Chelsea, Burnley, Swansea, Middlesbrough, Sunderland. That that to me is the bandwagon that I'd be jumping on if I dropped Aguero. He's thirteen point one million, um, and um, you know if if he gets suspended for three matches, his price is going to drop at least point three, right? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe not at least point three, but I, I bet it drops at least two tenths. You know, so then then you're you're actually losing money hanging on to him. Um, whereas if you just drop him, you can bring him back in for for yeah. cheaper than you own him right now. So it is true. I think, but yeah. what what we're not saying, and I think what we're implying is if we do drop him, what are the odds that we're ever going to be able to get him back into our squad until maybe we have our winter wild card or our oh, I, half of the season wild card? See, I disagree with that. I, I think that you're talking about two moves. You know, yeah. you can you can just burn you can burn four points and you can bring it back in right away. I mean, especially if you turn that if, if you turn him into a fairly expensive forward. Let's say you turn him into Diego Costa. Diego Costa is already up to you know nine point six or nine point seven or something like that. So, uh, all, all, then all you need to do is find three point five million. So if you bring in someone like Mesut Ozil, Mesut Ozil to Nathan Redmond is three point five million. Then boom. You've just brought Aguero back. So I, I don't think it's that complicated. Um, and if he gets spent for three matches, the match that he comes back is a way to Spurs, um, which, you know, it's actually funny. I was about to call that a hard match, but Aguero loves to destroy Spurs. So yeah, he sure does. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if they'll even contest it if he gets, if he, you know, cause usually what happens is, you know, they say that you're, they either give you the three game suspension or, you know, they say that you're, um, What's, you're being charged, right? And they might not even fight it because, um, you know, they'll have a couple of Champions League fixtures right around that time, too. So you could just rotate them. I mean, you know, outside of the Manchester Derby, they have a uh, they're playing Swansea and Bournemouth uh, in the other two weeks. So, yeah, these, those are not matches you need a Sergio Aguero for. He might have been rested for one of those anyway. Yeah, there are so many, so many things on the table for this break, too. And Andre Gray might be uh, serving a suspension when we come back. From uh, to game week four, which would screw up a lot of uh, a lot of people's teams as well. So if you're losing Aguero and Gray, and say John Stones has his in the back, he's got his eye problem or whatever. Uh, <laughs> sure, he probably got, just lost his contact lens. You've got George Friend at Middlesbrough. He's got the he's got another calf injury. So yeah, well, it's, and, it's and, and the heart and the heartbreak kid, Kyle Walker. <laughs> Poor Kyle, poor Kyle and his dog. Okay, Josh, so uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh Josh Storky says Pia to Sterling. I just want to throw this out there because this will be the easiest uh, question I think we have all podcast, right? Yep, uh, do it, do it right now, and never look back. Well, uh, I mean, look, my, look. My, my Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> sound effect. Do it, do it now. 
Yeah, I mean, look look back in like three or four weeks. Uh, but you know, I, I saw there was a there, Slavin Bilich was interviewed in press conferences. I mean, like uh, Lanzini will be first back, and Pyatt will be to follow. And I think that was after the Manchester City match. So um, I think we're probably well, Lanzini, still. Lanzini another. did come in for a few minutes at the end of the City match, so he is. I think he meant. Sort of I think he meant starting, but yeah, yeah. So I think it's. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, back into the the starting eleven. So I, I don't really know what's. Do you know exactly what's going on with Payet? Why he hasn't played at all? I you think know. he's still trying to get his. I mean, Payet has what must be the worst mohawk in all of professional soccer, and so <laughs> I think he's probably just trying to make his mohawk not stupidly off kilter. Maybe that's, that's what it that's is. What, that's yeah. what's taking him so long. Not not a great look for Payet. Uh, one more easy question here. Alex Davies says, uh, time to cut losses with stones. Uh, I thought for sure their defense had sorted itself out, but the return has been awful. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, if I was wide carding, I would definitely not have stones on my team. He's so tempting at 5 million, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say here because I mean, all of the three goals they've conceded have been kind of, I mean, it was crazy. There was a goal in the man, the West, that, that the West Ham match yesterday. I mean, the, there was the, the kind of dubious penalty, uh, in the Stoke match and, yeah. um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the thing, uh, the thing that gives me pause is the fact that Pep brought in uh, Kolarov into central defense, and yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that he had many other options. Obviously, he's trying to jettison Mangala. It's such a peculiar substitution, and yeah, I, we talked a little bit about Pep in some press conference saying he's ready to build his defense around John Stones. But of course he's going to say that. They paid what, $50 million for him. So right. you, on a marquee signing like that, you have to come out there with sound bites like that to say that you're really behind such a ludicrously big signing. But I, I think like everyone is now, I'm just not convinced that Pep is prepared to, to build that D around him just right in this first half of the season. It does seem like there's still a lot of sorting out that's going on in the Man City backfield. It doesn't really seem like, and you're also getting absolutely no attacking threat from him. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I think for me, I wouldn't mind just doubling up on the. I mean, if, you know, if you can look past the the Manchester Derby in game week four, I, I would love to be doubling up on uh, Valencia and Shaw for this sure. game week. Well, you lead me right into a question from Kuda Godfrey, who says, who would you start bench in Manchester Derby if you own defenders and strikers from both clubs? So it, the decision making gets even more uh, uh, brain brain crushing with Ibra and Aguero going into game week four. Yeah. Do we hold or get rid? Do we start? Do we captain? I mean, captaincy for me seems to be off the table for both of those guys in this game. I mean, perhaps the, at, at home at Old Trafford, Zlatan is, I guess, worth worth a shout. Like, that guy is a rise to the occasion, sort of. Not that Aguero hasn't scored hat tricks in the Champions League or anything. Small potatoes like that. Yeah, I think that Eden Hazard away to Swansea is uh, the best captain option for game week four. Uh, but we can get more into that in next week's podcast. You know, I think uh, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to talk too much about, you know, next week because I feel like so much is going to happen. We're going to hit the end of the transfer window. We're going to have a lot, lot to talk about then. So um, I think we could really get in the weeds if we start talking about um, game week four too much. And I, I resent I, I resent you for bringing it up. You, do you <laughs> resent me or Kuda Godfrey? <laughs> Everybody. When I say you, when I say you, everyone is listening to this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just move on to the next topic then, shall we, Josh? Let's do it. 
Okay, to wildcard or not to wildcard? We got a lot of questions about wildcarding, I think. It's it's sort of the, the favorite thing to dwell upon going into the the barrenness of an international break. You sort of get a little bored, a little twitchy. Uh, maybe I would like to tinker around with my team a little bit with all this time on my hands. So I think we touched upon it earlier in the pod. Both of us are pretty hesitant. I mean, Josh, you're firmly not. Um, I mean, I, well, I don't know if I'm firmly not, but I'm, I think the uh, I'm wild card curious right now. Yeah, I would prefer not to play my wild card if I can. I think that I can survive not playing my wild card this week. But I'm also I might burn four points. As you've established, you're willing to burn up to twenty five points each week. I don't even know how I that am, map. I works. am willing to basically erase every. <laughs> Let's see, all 184 points I've accumulated up to this point. I'm 181, actually. I am willing to wipe that slate clean. Can you do that? Could you? Could you? I guess you could, right? You could just you could transfer out every single player in your team, right? And then they say, "Do you want? Do you want a wild card or not?" Yeah, and then I, I guess think, you could just, and then you could just go right back into the transfer page and just transfer in fifteen new players, right? There's no. <laughs> it's sort of like an FPL castration. I will turn myself into the FPL management. I'll say, guys, is have you ever gotten this request before to just erase all my points? I want to start fresh. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to start a new account. You're like you're like Bruce Wayne and Batman Begins. You want to just go out into the forest, yes. you know, learn learn yeah. the ways of man and the the Abs- wilds absolutely. of Mongolia or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, All okay, right, so, so uh, a couple a couple questions to start out this conversation. Uh, Sushant says, uh, if you were wild carding, uh, who would you pick in your team? And Lo Jun An says, uh, playing my wild card this week. Top five must-have players. So we thought that the way to to talk about this that might be actually useful for people is to um, okay. So forwards, we kind of know what we're doing with forwards in a sense. We talked about what happens if Aguero isn't playing, um, and we talked a lot about third forwards in last week's episode. So I don't think we need to talk about forwards too much. I feel like defensive questions are totally unsettled at this point. Other than feeling, we all feel good about Man U's defense, but outside of that, I feel like ask us in three weeks, right? There's just like too much. Ask us at the next international break. There's just too much to, to sort out right now. There, um, there is definitely a cult forming around West Brom defense right now, though. Yeah, for sure. I know. And I loved having Ben Foster this week. That really helped me get to my, my, my little, my little 47 that could. Um, so, um, so we thought we'd group it into uh, three different, ca- but, but okay. So anyway, so the, Forward, forward line pretty settled. Defense uh, kind of on the air, but the midfield is starting to take shape a little bit. And so, we thought what we'd do is we'd rank our top five um, high-priced midfielders, our top five mid-priced midfielders, and our top five uh, low-priced midfielders. And to show we did a great job at this, we actually have six for both our high-priced and our mid-priced. <laughs> <laughs> we just couldn't resist overachievers that we are. Okay, so do you want to do you want do you want to take the highs, Brennan? Uh, I'm I'm so used to the highs. I will take them. So number one with a bullet, Eden Hazard, priced at ten point two and rising. There was a feeling coming out of the Euros that Hazard might be uh, getting back to his 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 old great self, and it's proven to be true in the first three game weeks. You got to have Hazard is is the template premium midfielder right now. So. Uh, do we want to? I talk? wish. I w- yeah, I mean, I wish I weren't true, and I, I sort of resent him for for coming in at such a high price to start the season. But yeah, it does, it does seem to be the case. I, I own him now of, as well. 
I was I was shocked that he he wasn't beaten down to a nine point five after the season he had last year, where he barely even played. Uh, but anyway, there he is, yeah. Hazard. I mean, two goals in three weeks, and he, he looks sensational. Uh, Ozil is at number two in our rankings in the high price mids. He's uh, priced at nine point five. Got his first start in game week three, and he looked sensational. That incisive run to get that headed goal from Alexis's cross was beautiful. And when Alexis, there's nothing better than when Ozil is finishing his shots on target because you just expect him to be putting balls into the box, getting assists on crosses, incisive passing in close quarters. But when Ozil is finishing, it's beautiful. Right. I agree. And I think that what's important here, too, is to note just how good Arsenal's fixtures are pretty much for the next seven weeks or so. Uh, They play uh, Southampton, Hull, Burnley, Swansea, Middlesbrough, and Sunderland in six of the next seven. They have the, the only difficult match in that whole stretch is a home match to Chelsea, which uh, given that Chelsea's defense has looked a little shaky still this season, I think um, I think there could be some goals there. And they finally came through and, and bought some players. I mean, you know, it's, it's frustrating. They basically decided to spot Man City and Man U five points each. Uh, but they have actually strengthened all the areas they need to strengthen now, finally. So they have a... You know, brought in a new central defender, a new midfielder. Classic Arsenal handicap. We'll give you five points. Go on, do your thing. We'll catch up to you the last third of the season. Exactly. So, so we've got uh, so we've got Ozil second, and then third we have uh, Ster- we have a, we have a tie for third. Uh, it's Sterling and Nolito, and here it's kind of like a kind of take your pick. I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think there's something to be said for both of them. Uh, we talked about Sterling at length. Nolito we didn't really talk about, but Nolito is actually the one that I find a little more tempting. Uh, but I think because of that, um, because of the discount you get on Sterling, maybe he's the option right now. Well, why do you find him more tempting, Josh? Having watched the, uh, um, and I don't mean to lord this over you, but having watched the West Ham game, Nolito looked great. And he was receiving the ball a lot. He was very attacking, very threatening. But he's still 0.8 more expensive than Sterling, and Sterling, in all ways, looked just just has an edge on the leader. Well, do you think in a match where where Sergio Aguero is not dealing with a devastating calf injury, that it might be Nolito that's that's more likely to serve the ball to Aguero over um, over Sterling? Uh, I, don't I mean, Sterling know. is not I, exactly a great. He's not a great assist man. Uh, I... It could be either one. I, I I don't want to argue this too much because there will be game weeks where Nolito is the man and there will be game weeks where Sterling is the man. I mean, it, it, it was a role reversal of game week two where Sterling really unselfishly squared the ball to Nolito to get his second goal of the game in the span of 15 minutes. But then this game, Nolito had a nice ball served right to Sterling's feet where he scored. So it could be an either or. Nolito probably a, a differential at this point, given how many people are flocking to Sterling. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Uh, you know, to be honest, I, you know, I said that Sterling was a great assistant. He actually did have double digits assists his last season at Liverpool. Uh, it's hard to remember just how good he was that season. He finished with seven goals and ten assists, um, and finished the season only at eight point three. So he probably started at you know something like seven point five. Um, I mean, what's what's yeah. what's even more shocking to me is that we're not talking about David Silva 
at all in this bracket of players and also not in this conversation of who's going to serve the ball to Aguero. And I think it's right. Silva. He's just, I, I think he's just had a little bit of bad luck so far this season. He's, uh, but, but he, he does not look nearly as likely as these guys, Sterling or an Alito. And he's, he's just got, he's got the ankle injury. That's just never going to totally go away. It's, there's always a bit of a worry there with him. And I, I think, you know, he's, I think he's probably around 30 now. And so I expect, you know, I think his minutes will be managed a little more tightly too. So, um, I would be worried about having Silva, I think, um, just because I, I don't know how many matches. He'll, he'll definitely not play the full 38 this year. Um, right. It'll probably be closer to 30, I would think. Right. Uh, where someone like Sterling could probably play pretty, pretty much every single week. I'm All right, so getting to, to yeah. n- number four on our high-priced mids, Alexis Sanchez. Just like Ozil, another Arsenal player and back in form in game week three. And, and I, I don't know how knee-jerky it is, given how... I mean, this is this is way, the way it played out last season, where Sanchez looked sluggish and truly off the boil until one week he wasn't. Right. The problem is he's completely unownable right now. Yeah. yeah. If if you have Eden Hazard already, I mean, he, honestly, even if you don't have Hazard, I mean, okay, all of this is assuming that you have the the Ibra Guerra template. I, I don't mean to make it sound like. I I, I tend to think that those two players are must owned. I know some people disagree with me or don't or, or just. Yeah, they they don't they don't want to play that like that kind of template or whatever I do get that but for most people who have the Iber Aguero template it's very hard to have Iber Aguero and then an 11 million player as well um, it's hard enough to put, put a team together with uh, with Eden Hazard as my as my 10 million midfielder so I think that I guess you could go either or you know you could have Sanchez or Hazard uh, but I don't know if you could really have Ibra, Aguero Sanchez and Hazard I think that would be um, it'd be very difficult to Sounds feel like the a, a dream I once had. It was yeah, a I know you can, dream. I know you can literally do it. I know you can find the players to do it, but I mean, you are not, you're not getting any, unless, you know, Etienne Capoue continues to score week in and week out, which, uh, the great, the messy two did not score in game week three. So it's not, it's not, he's not going off 38 games this year. All right. Last, last on the list. Number five, Mane, Sadio Mane, lots of question marks about this Liverpool team. We all dumped Firmino this week, but there Mane is, 8.9. He looked great against Spurs. He almost had a goal despite uh, whoever it was that received the ball in an offside position. Uh, uh, robbed him of, of that goal-scoring opportunity, but he is the best option by far, it looks like, at the moment on Liverpool. I mean, Coutinho, we're not too big on him right now. I mean, the, the guy has one good game week against Arsenal in game week one, and just true to form the next couple of game weeks he's taking wild shots from 30 yards out that are skying into rosette and it's not working for him it's very frustrating it does feel like he makes it all about him once he has a big game week and suddenly for three weeks in a row it's everything's 10 feet over the bar like you were saying and anyway so yeah no no Coutinho but I I, you know it it feels we'd be remiss not to have at least one Liverpool player on here and so I think Sadio Mane is our pick of that midfield certainly in that price range yeah so uh Guys that are that were kind of like on the cusp, Coutinho, one of them, and we ha- we have to at least recognize his game. KDB, Spurs midfielders like Deli Ali. I mean, Deli Ali's yet to get off the mark. Riyad Mahrez, people are going to be scared of that guy um, at nine point five after missing yet another penalty. He doesn't look all that confident at the moment either. Riyad Mahrez, I am very likely to stay away from him all season. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And uh, you know, I think th- this is just where we are right now. This is the players we bring up. We're wild card, and it could be then in week ten or week eleven. Uh, you absolutely need someone like Deli Alley, or you need you know Diego Payet, or um, or Anthony Martial. But just right now, you don't. And you know, Martial is the one who's kind of disappointing, especially after uh, after game week one, where it seemed like he really might be the real deal, right? I mean, two yeah. assists and two bonus points, and but yeah, it's just not really not really happening yet. No, he's another one where it's a little bit like Coutinho, where you worry that Martial is so eager to make it about him or get his goal and be part of that part of Mourinho's good old boys or something like that. I don't know. There's some <laughs> some mind, mental mental lapses happening with Martial right now. Also, I think I called him Diego Payet instead of Dimitri Payet. Uh, that's that's. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dimitri. That's really. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Uncalled for. It's uncalled for. That that's the that those are the the creme de la creme high price midfielders that we're considering. Uh, let's move on. Let's do it. So we got our uh, our top. Like I have, we have this list here that says top three mid price mids, and it's a list of six players. And I just added a player to the top of the list. Uh, so it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a work in progress. <laughs> okay, so the mid price mids. These are. I mean, the thing is, it's. Because we're only three weeks in the season, it's hard to have this thing totally sorted out right now. But let's 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 try to give it a shot here. Yes. Um, so at the top, these are these are mid- midfielders priced somewhere between six million and eight million. Almost every team right now, especially if you have a lot of money tied up in your forward line, needs to have one or two of these players. Uh, so here's here's who we have on this list. This is the we this is our our rough consensus. We don't agree on all of this. But uh, this is what we've got. So we've got first, we've got Eric Lamella, um, popular whipping boy on the Always Shooting podcast. Who we're now both much like Raheem Sterling. We are, we are. Conv- he really, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even going to get down on him and conceding that penalty. You know, a lot of people. We are just, the White Hart. Unlucky. The, yeah, the bar that we go to is a huge Spurs bar, and so there's a lot of uh, a lot of like here we go agains about Lamella when he conceded that penalty. But uh, I thought he looked pretty good in general. And uh, it's really, you know, a player's having a good season when they pick up the assist and then they get some bonus points as well. It, yes. It tends to be an indication. This is when Eden Hazard's doing well. It's the same thing. It's an indication that they're really, they're involved in the play. They're making a lot of key passes. They're creating chances. And so, um, yeah, I think that at 7.1 million, Eric Lamella is a fantastic buy. If I were wild carding right now, he would definitely be in my team. There's almost a one-to-one ratio, too, of times one mentions, mentions Lamella and mentions eyeshadow or <laughs> eyeliner. Yeah, I know. I it's, know. It's kind of, I don't know. Maybe I think it might just be – he doesn't actually wear eyeliner, though, do we think, right? Sure, Surely not. Surely not. not. Yeah, it's like when Tim Kaine uh, gave the Democratic National Convention speech and everyone was like, does he have fake eyelashes on right now? Why, why, why are his eyelashes so long? <laughs> it's just beautiful eyelashes. What can you say? All right, All right, so Lamella's number one. Okay, so yeah. Ross Ross Barkley, 7.7. A lot of people got burned by Ross in this game week, but he still remains the most threatening midfielder in that Everton squad, and it hasn't changed. Everton still have um, great fixtures coming up, just looking at, again at what they have. Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, all four games in a row. Barkley is bound to get something, right? Well, I don't know. Much like my my good friend uh, Sam Allardyce, I am not totally convinced on Ross Barkley. Uh, I I I just I don't know. I mean, seven point seven is a pretty pretty big price too. I I don't know. 
I, I, I think I'm bringing my own biases to the table here again. I think that he's probably worth it. I just, I don't know. Yeah. This is I, the season of destroying our biases, though. So it's the Sterling true. bias. It's the Lamella bias. It's. I mean, I like Barkley. I mean, the, the thing with Barkley is that, you know, I, I've never really liked Sterling or Sterling or uh, – or Lamella, but Barkley, I've I've liked, you know, but he betrayed me by by not scoring for so many weeks. Uh, so that's it feels more personal with Barkley. Uh, so he's yeah, Barkley, he's your Fredo, your FPL. He certainly Fredo. he's certainly a player who deserves uh, a big spot here, given their fixtures, given that he's yeah. already played pretty well this season. So let's move on. All right, so uh, number number three on the list is somebody where I had a major breakthrough this weekend. I sort of like we were just talking about, have had a bias against Antonio since last season. And I thought you watching, liked Antonio with this fun goal celebration. Well, I, I do love him doing the Macarena in the year 2016 <laughs> after scoring a goal or his wonderful Homer Simpson celebration. But I don't know. There was still something unconvincing to me about his play, but him scoring that headed goal against City this weekend, I finally gained the appreciation of just how fantastic a footballer he is and how, how natural a goal scorer he is. So there you have it. Antonio, West Ham, 7.0, number three. We love him. Great. Good. I, li- I like Antonio, too. I think, yeah. I mean, the, the question for him is, does he play uh, – is he going to play in the midfield or are they going to move him to left back again? You know, and so as long as, as, long as he's in the midfield, uh, he's valuable. If – Maybe he will be as long as uh, as long as I use that, which is probably what like at least two or three months still. Yeah. So yeah, I and think West, I think we're safe for now. Well, West Ham's fixtures aren't all that bad with uh, Watford, West Brom, Southampton, Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Sunderland. So it you wouldn't be bringing him into a bad situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, number four, um, I think we could have sort of a tie for fourth here. Uh, I like uh, Adam Lallana at seven point one million uh, as a player that I have also kind of disliked a lot <laughs> over the years, uh, but I've been really impressed with how he's looked so far in Liverpool. Uh, I think that uh, it's a great price. He's the cheapest of all those midfield options. So if you didn't fancy the three players we just mentioned, I think that, and you wanted some Liverpool coverage, I think that Lallana is not a is not a bad bet, assuming you can't. Uh, you don't have the money to fork over for uh, for Sadio Mane or or Firmino. Sure, yeah, you want a guy at seven point one who hasn't done anything the last two game weeks. Uh, I think Lallana is <laughs> a great pickup. He did score in game week one, though, so you know that's something. He got a goal and an assist in game week one. Uh, there, so there it is. I mean, everyone scored it. Everyone uh, scored uh, in that yeah, game. See, unlike you, I have to have the vision. To, to, to see past not scoring in two consecutive game weeks. I mean, I, I, anybody could do this podcast if they just picked the people who'd scored last week and made them their top five midfielders. Yeah, it takes a certain who's, who's, kind of... Uh... <laughs> All right, anyway, let's, let's move on. Uh, this next player you probably like more because he did score last week. Uh, uh, love, him, players... love him. Love him to death. Wildcarding <laughs> uh, that... just to get Willian in. <laughs> and that is Willian, 7.4 million. And uh, as we just... We talked about this at the very top of the podcast, but the fixtures are about to get worse for Chelsea. But boy, do they have a good one next week, uh, which is a way to a, a Swansea team that is I don't even know what's going on there. It's like it's such a mess. You know, it's just a it's it's sad. You know, it's <laughs> I, I don't have anything original to say. I just I'm sad about it. I don't like yeah. it. And Lorente, I don't know. We picked up that assistant game week one. And that's kind of the last we've heard of him. Right. I mean. He, he well, was not involved at all. I, I watched much of that Leicester game, and he was not involved in the game at all, really. 
Ashley Williams leaving that club has to be, I mean, it's more than a canary in the coal mine. That That is the, all, the only sign you need that something is deeply wrong at that club. How do you, how do you let him go? I mean, it's not like they offered him this this outrageous price. Even if you wanted to go, I think you just have to say to him, "No, it's it's already August. It's it's there's not enough time for us. We're not a big enough club to just go out and buy a Schroeder and Mustafi, you know, with with three days to go or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we can't we can't replace you, and you can't leave. And I, I mean, feel like a lot that, of clubs have had, have had success with that over the years. You know, saying to, even John Stones last year, right? They said. Um, he can't leave, and he proceeded to have a terrible season with Everton. Yep. <laughs> but you know, but Ashley Williams is a pro. I mean, there's no way he would have, uh, you know, if they'd kept him, he would have he would have been a class all the way. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So we have a couple of clingers on in this mid price range. Santi Cazorla, seven point five, getting consistent starts for Arsenal. Um, on penalties. He is on penalties, took it very smartly uh, uh, this weekend. So you got to like him. And then Nathan Redmond who's a midfielder who's playing a little bit out of position much further forward, almost as a striker, 6.1 at Southampton. You have Redmond in your team, Josh. How are you feeling about him right now? Yeah, I was a little frustrated with his yellow card in uh, in game week three. I, 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 I really was hoping for a little bit more at home to Sunderland, that's for sure. But, uh, I mean, what's important with Redmond is that his price is, is fantastic. Uh, at $6 million, you can you can live with him not scoring every single week. And I still refer to him in my mind as the bad Leroy Fur. He's the bad fur. The bad fur. He's the bad fur. Uh, he's got that. He's got that <laughs> beard that makes him look a little um, sinister. It does a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got our uh, last category here, which are the top five low price mids. All right. Number one. Uh, um, he looked terrible this weekend. Gaston Ramirez. I mean, everyone sort of looked very uninspired in that Middlesbrough-West Brom match. But yeah. Ramirez, he, he's a substitute waiting to happen. He had a couple of remarkably poor challenges in the midfield where he almost could have gotten himself a second yellow. Uh, but but he remains a really creative player, probably the most creative player in that Middlesbrough Midfield, and if they do click at any point, one would assume Gaston is going to be involved. And at five point five, that's a risk you can afford to take. Uh, number two, we've got uh, Jason Punchin, uh, player. Again, not we're we're in the low price tier here, so a lot of these players are <laughs> these are not guaranteed hits. These, but these are just just for fun players. These are just for fun players. These are, these are your fourth and fifth midfielders, but we know that. Punchin is is getting some minutes. I I, I think that he, I, th- I have reason to think that he'll link up well with uh, with Benteke. Uh, he's a million cheaper than uh, Andros Townsend, who has done nothing so far this year. Um, and uh, yeah, picked up an assist and three bonus points in uh, in the last game week. Um, I, I don't really know what to think about that Crystal Palace squad. Um, they've added a, they've added yeah. a few new players, and it's it seems like there's still a lot lot to happen over there. So who they've knows? Been bad. Who knows? They've been so else. bad for so long. I do believe that they will get better. <laughs> like I don't believe that team with the changes they've made are as bad as they have been playing. Yeah, I don't know if they can recover from uh, from Pardew dancing in the World Cup final, or then and then not the World Cup final, the the FA Cup final. Uh, I just feel like that. It was such an embarrassing moment for them. I I don't know, Pardew. I mean, I, it's, I think he's already out wearing his welcome. I, 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 there's no thinking about it. He definitely has. Okay, so number three, Danny Drinkwater. This is a guy that you were really talking up big. Um, it was it was 
mere seconds after Danny Drinkwater served an, an assist against against Swansea, and you said, you know what? I think people are sleeping on Danny Drinkwater. But it's true. The guy is class. He had an amazing season with them last year, he competitively priced at 5.5, serving lots of dead balls, uh, taking free kicks. He uh, got, got an assist this week, as we mentioned. He's a good pickup. He- yeah, and he'd come close actually with with a couple of goal opportunities the first couple of game weeks too. So, I think that uh, if I well, it's like what you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But if I if I were starting my team over again in game week one, to be honest, if I if I do wild card this week or next week, whenever I do, I don't think it'll be this week. Uh, I think there's a very good chance that Drinkwater's in my team. I just I don't know. I just like um, I like how involved he is with all of the kind of old guard. Lester players that are still getting to run out. I think that the they finally picked up a win, which I think is really going to move them forward. I mean, like the win was it was all the old guard guys. You know, you had you had West Morgan and, and Vardy and Drinkwater involved, and I just think that um, outside of Morris, who still needs to obviously come into form, but uh, I don't know. I just think that at five point five million for uh, a players involved in the attack on a good team, that's a pretty good price. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about Leicester's matchup against Liverpool uh, away to Liverpool? It's that's a hard one to predict. I yeah, I mean, Leicester there. I was planning to drop Vardy, but now I think I'm just going to keep him for for the next two game weeks because they're 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 away to Leicester, and then the the next match is home to Burnley. Um, so I kind of like him for both those fixtures. I'm not sure that there's anyone I like like more than him. Um, I mean, I, I I do I like the idea of bringing in Diego Costa, but. I mean, who I really want to bring in is Bacciawi, but I can't do that until he's actually starting every game week. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think that um, I think I'll probably just hold on to hold on to him for two weeks. I, I do think their fixtures get a little bit worse after that. Yeah, so they away to Liverpool, home to Burnley, and then they play uh, away to Man U, home to Southampton, away to Chelsea in the next three game weeks. And so I think I'll probably drop him before uh, before game week six. Yeah. All right, let's get through this low price mid list. It's uh, Leroy Fur at number four. Two goals in three game weeks. That's insane. That's that's yeah. that's Kapui territory. Yeah. The the problem is if we want to list Fur and Snodgrass at the same time, because uh, you get you got Fur who's at fourth at five point two, then Snodgrass is fifth at five point six. They're both pretty good attacking player. Well, I don't know. I actually don't know if, I, if Fur is any good or not. It's a good price. Uh, but you have uh, Snodgrass. I actually do think is pretty good. Uh, but you have good attacking players on uh, on bad teams that are running into a terrible run of fixtures. So these, like, if you're not wildcarding until game week eight, then I think that Fur and Snodgrass are players to, to to bring in. I think for the time being, I would probably just hold off. I think it's hilarious that Snodgrass is now listed with a calf complaint after looking like he effectively shattered his hip against that <laughs> goalpost sliding into it. Like that, that looked truly painful. That did look painful. They showed it like speaking of yeah, the Aguero elbow got shown four times. The Snodgrass like sliding into the goalpost was showed three hundred and fifty times. They they, showed- they, were, they were doing the replay where he slides in and then they reel it back, so you see him like then flying <laughs> off and then back in. Oh, it's very very. They actually had a, they had they had, a, they had a screen like it was like a picture in picture for the rest of the match that just showed his thigh. It was just a close up on the thigh. <laughs> All right, so I mean, uh, Kapoe, that's just. Uh, uh, to me, kind of ridiculous. That's there's no way he co- keeps up that form. Also, Watford do not look like a great yeah. squad right now. Who, yeah, who would you not bring in in this in this list? Kapue for sure. I wouldn't bring in uh, Conte. I wouldn't bring in. 
Uh, Eric Barry, Dyer, no. obviously. <laughs> Gareth Barry, no. These are just not players who are going to get you anything consistently. Yeah. Well, one of the one of these guys on the bubble is um, Joshua King. There right. is a slight temptation there only because I currently have Jordan Ibe sucking up oxygen in my squad. And uh, anybody in that Bournemouth squad looks better than Jordan Ibe right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know we were both kind of on the I I barrel I, I like I, I bailed on the I bandwagon right at the last minute and uh, right before game week one I was like what am I doing Jordan I no <laughs> I, I thought it might work I thought it was crazy enough to work and it just hasn't hasn't really paid dividends yet. All right, so that's your lot. Uh, I don't know how useful any of that will be. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we argued a lot, Brandon. There's a lot of arguing. <laughs> I feel like we have a couple of questions we could get to here. Like, yeah, let's let's get to some questions. Maybe it'll help us uh, sort this thing out. We can we can try to repair our fractured friendship. Uh, Mark Evans, the great oh, Lalana, the Lalana <laughs> rift that exists between us. Uh, Mark Dinka says, uh, should I use my wild card now or should I save it for the next international break in game week eight? Uh, I haven't, I don't see Mark's team. I feel like if you're asking the question the way that Mark's asking it, uh, that means you probably don't need to use your wild card because I feel like the people who need to use the wild card, the people who are emailing and they're like, help. I have five, five, yeah, I have five players who have yellow flags. Uh, you know, I've got Andre Gray who might get suspended. I've got Aguero who might get suspended. Uh, I'm looking at fielding five players next week. Should I use my wild card? And then you're like, yes. But if you're just like, yeah, should I use it? I think you could probably hold off. Yeah. No, because it is such, it is like, it's like the, I'm trying to think of some example. It's like, it's like, you know, like in a, like a car chase or whatever, when the guy like kissing into like, they go into like overdrive or whatever. And you like shoot past the, the two cars, you know, like side by side or whatever. I feel like when you have a late wildcard, that's what you get to do. You know, it's like, as long as you're hanging with everybody else, like when you get the chance to bring in a whole new squad in game week eight or 10, when everyone else is already screwed out of their wild card, dealing with injuries, you can pick up so many points that way. So I really, I really do think it's it's worthwhile. Now the, the the issue there is, as fun as that is, obviously if you've got a ton of injuries and you hate your squad, you might as well just use the wild card now. You know, well, I mean, were- you're gonna lose the points either way in that case. Uh, FPL Hitman says, if you guys had to pick, who would you choose between Walcott, William, Lamella, or a different 7.5 mid? Brandon, this is why we ranked them. If we had to pick, we'd pick Lamella, top of our yeah. list. Walcott didn't He's, even make the list. Yeah, this is like this is like the way they do it, you know, in um, like NBA drafts. You know, it's like you have your tiers. You got your tier one guys, your tier two guys, tier three guys. Then who's the best player you can get in your tier? That's what you have to keep doing. So, so make make your own mini list and you maybe use our our style. Uh, Trevor Eggerson says. Ellie looked pretty good in this game against Liverpool. Any hope, or should I let him go? Now, Brandon, <laughs> we watched this match. Ellie did not look good in this match. No, he didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, now, Trevor. So Trevor, we happen to know Trevor. He's a friend of ours, and he. Well, he was on. He was the. He was the. He was the week two host. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> How quickly I've forgotten him. Put him on my. I deny the connection our <laughs> listeners might have with dear old Trevor. Trevor, I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he and his wife are actually in um, England right now, and they went to White Hart Lane for the Spurs-Liverpool match. So maybe it was seeing him with the naked eye uh, caused Trevor to think that he, Ali, is okay. Yeah, I think if, if, you're na- if your eye was, was less naked, you would be dropping Ali for uh, a player who was in better form. 
I love I, I love Deli Alley, um, and yeah. I, I hope that he puts it together. But it's it's not happening right now, and his price no. is dropping like stone. Yeah. All right, uh, Nicholas Ooh, question: What to do if Lamella and Aguero both get bans plus De La Feu no longer nailed? So one has to assume that. Nicholas here has De La Feu in his squad, and yeah, we that didn't. Is a that's right, I forgot we didn't talk about the Lamella eye gouge. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> we watched that whole game, and I don't remember them touching upon that eye gouge at all. Yeah, so, this, so I, must have just somebody must have just seen it uh, after the fact. Yeah, so I guess we might not have Lamella. we're gonna have to go back and uh re-record this entire episode uh tomorrow when we find out that lamella has got we have a a, a a permanent ban we have a whole nother uh, podcast we can do uh before next week's before next week's picture so we will we'll get to the bottom of this eye gouge situation we'll we'll analyze like the zapruder tape and really you know, maybe it was the inside of the eye. That's not quite as bad. I don't know if it's anywhere. If it's anywhere as good as the uh, Jose Mourinho eye gouge when he was at Real Madrid, then uh, oh, wait. I actually, I have a I have a photo of it here, Brandon. Okay, I'm going to d- describe it to me. It's Lamella who's wrapping his his fingers around Dejan Lovren, and he's got this this weird look on his face, like he like he knows what he's doing, but he's trying not to. Try not to give it away to anybody. It's it's very weird. Uh, here, I'm just I just I just emailed it to you. Okay, I've got it. <laughs> okay, I I just googled it. I just googled it myself. Yeah, it is. Lamella looks looks weirdly cold blooded here. It's he less an ex- eye gouge. It's it's more of a nose grab, I think, than an eye gouge. That is a nose grab. <laughs> It's. I'm looking at the, the. There's another angle too. Where do you see the angle where it's his back? Have you seen this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Now I see that. Yeah, where Lamella's back. No, <laughs> Lamella is just do it. Try to do that old magic trick that your grandfather would do. Like, oh, got your nose. <laughs> That's true. He, he couldn't decide if he wanted to do a got your nose or a quarter out of the out of the ear. Yeah. And so he kind of he, he split the difference. He got got stuck somewhere in between. Yeah. Nah, Lamella. Lamella will be fine. Nobody worry about Lamella. Yeah. I think if I had Aguero, Lamella, and Delafeu, I would just wild card. I, I mean, if they're all, if they're, you know, if Aguero, <laughs> if Lamella and Aguero are both banned, and Delafeu is no longer nailed, and if you got Andre Gray and he loses a week, just just wild card. Well, say same goes for Aiden Green, who asks, "Is it time to wild card Aguero, Lamella, Gray facing bans? Haven't got Hazard or Sanchez, Ozil, Stones is utter shite." Byram isn't starting. I have two frees, but worried it won't be enough. I worry too, Aiden. I am definitely feeling a wild card in your future. I think that if um, if Aguero and Lamella don't get suspended, he could probably get away with just using the two frees. Yeah, you're true. And if if I want to stick to my guns, I will uh, still be shocked if Aguero gets any um, any action taken against him. So yeah, and Aiden might actually be fine. I love to boom boo says. Will Ozil be the Arsenal cover we can all rely on, or do we need to squeeze out funds for Sanchez? <clears throat> Excuse me, for Sanchez. Those fixtures look scary. Or was that scary.e? Is that like an internet thing? Or was that misspelling it as I think that's just a typo. <laughs> Probably a typo. I mean, the, uh, We played this game last year. Ozil was the guy to have in the first half of the season or the first you know, five-eighths of the season, and then Sanchez became the man, and then... Sort of what nobody. Do you, what Giroud do you think about? What do you think about? Uh, I mean, because you could bring it. 
Ozil and um, and Kazorla might be affordable. You might be able to do those two. Yeah, I suppose. You could, still, not, you could do Kazard, Ozil, Kazorla. That would be a pretty cool midfield. It would be. I'm not compelled to double up on Arsenal, though. Arsenal have ne- always had lots of threats in the midfield, but I feel like it's never been the same two guys twice yeah. in a given week. Yeah, and I think neither of us are. I mean, we haven't even brought up Walcott, really. Uh, I, I'm not feeling very... I don't know what to think about poor Theo. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just hard to tell after that match. I mean, I, I feel like what we saw in that match was what we saw last se- season, which is, you know, it's it's really... Um, it's Ozil and Sanchez, you know, when that when that like that team sort of goes where it's too bad. They have two players in that team that are absolutely world class. And I guess you could probably include um, Peter Cech in there as well. Maybe actually maybe Lauren Koscielny. So uh, Here, here's here's a theory, though, that we were talking about um, on Saturday is last year we've just followed our captain, followed Aston Villa, wherever Aston Villa was playing. And this season, it might be time to just follow Mike Dean, wherever Mike Dean is refereeing, (laughs) and make sure you have whoever is on PKs in that game, because Dean is calling every penalty on those corner kick roughhousing situations. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if... I'm I'm a little worried that Swansea might turn into that team. I really love the idea of capturing anybody that's playing Swansea right now, because they are just... It's just so messy, you know. I mean, maybe when Neil Taylor gets back, it'll be a little bit better. I don't know, but it's it's not looking good right now. Yeah. Last question of the podcast: Eric Shelvick Medbo says, "What to do with West Ham's great fixture run from now on? Attack? Question mark. Defense? Question mark. Well, what do you think, Brandon? Well, it's true. Their fixture list is uh, is tempting. Watford at home, then they're away to West Brom." Southampton, Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Sunderland, then uh, Everton. It It is really enticing. And for me, Antonio is the star on that team right now. And he would be what I'd go for their defense. Not all that bad. I mean, Collins, a uh, thug that he can sometimes be, is a solid central defender, does well on corners. Same with Winston Reed. Uh, I, have, but I, I have a name for you, Brandon. I have a name for you. Okay. Uh, and this is actually a preview of next week's podcast, which is going to be a podcast focused on uh, loans and transfers. So uh, there's actually a lot of questions that came in about Nasr Chadley uh, and other players, and I'm, we're going to hold those until next week because that's going to be our our end of the end of the transfer window you know, preview episode or whatever discussion podcast. Uh, anyway, uh, Simone Zaza. Did I say that right? Zaza. The Zaza, the famous Zaza of the great, the greatest performance in Euro 2016. The uh, the guy who did the river dance before he took his penalty against Germany. <laughs> so Zaza is uh, 25 years old, six foot one striker. He had uh, eight and 24 for Juve last season, uh, 20 and 64 for Sassuolo um, before that. Uh, young player, uh, he's on a kind of a loan to buy deal this season, but he's exactly what they need, right? I mean, this team is, is in desperate need of a big guy who can who can who can put the ball in the net. Um, and is uh, young, like he kind a, of fits like in a with real the real Andy right Carroll type. So the the question is, I don't know what he's going to come in at. You know, I mean, I figure because he's coming from Juve, I, I figure there's going to be a little bit of price inflation there. So. 
if he comes in around like 7.5 million, I think he'll probably come in slotted as a forward. Uh, I think he's a very interesting option, um, especially, um, you know, it's hard to say whether he'll actually start from, you know, from, from the first week he's in, but looking at games weeks four or five, six, seven on, I think that Zaza is a pretty interesting player. I really couldn't say one or the one way or the other. I mean, the only thing I've ever seen the guy do is one of the most, ridiculous things i've ever seen on a soccer pitch so that seems like an endorsement to me (laughs) (laughs) who wouldn't want that on their fpl squad (laughs) all right so there it is our our full-blown endorsement of zaza coming into west ham that's how we're going to end the podcast Uh, so yes yeah stay tuned next week we're not going to take the international break off we'll be back talking about new transfers coming in and previewing game week four how you want to set our our team up it's been a while since we've actually truly done the optimizer for all you old listeners of always cheating well maybe we can bring the optimizer back for a special uh game week four edition so and in some ways you could argue that next week is 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 kind of another wild card focused podcast because it really what i really want to look for is some i think there's a lot of value to be found in a lot of the transfers in particular or not excuse me not the transfers the uh the the um the loan moves in particular uh i mean someone like brennan galloway looked fantastic in his first match for for west brom and he's you know his ownership was 0.2 percent so so we're going to go into a lot of those players and there's a lot of questions we actually didn't get a chance to answer in this podcast so we'll get to those uh as well but uh in between brandon where can people find us yeah, you can find us at alwayscheating.com, Josh. That's where you can find all of our podcast information, including ways to follow us. Of course, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, where you can also leave a review. Uh, certainly, if you like us, please do. That helps us a lot. We're also at SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters. That's where we're live tweeting during all the matches and updating you on all all the various always cheating bits of bits of news yeah facebook posting too much facebook. <laughs> we're posting too much <laughs> uh facebook.com always cheating that's where we've been updating you on our uh very elite always cheating showstoppers head-to-head league uh, and uh, of course join the hail cheaters super league uh you, you can find the link on everywhere we are online our league code is there so, how are you doing in the showstoppers league i'm, I'm one and two i lost to uh luke thunshot this week uh, I am actually one, one, and one, which uh, Ooh, nice. I, I do like the nice. symmetry there. I had a, I had a tie this week <laughs> against Guy Meager, Forrester and Furious, uh, and uh, we tied at forty three apiece. So now I'm one, one, and one. I, I've got to catch them all, all the results. Excellent, excellent. Hey, Brandon, I have one last thing to say to you, and that's Poku forever. Thank you, Josh. Hail cheaters. Bye. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>